Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Once again, we thank you this morning. We exhort you. We glorify your name because you are such a wonderful and loving Father. You are a thoughtful God. You are a precious God to us, Father. And your word is life and spirit. We just believe, God, that even as you speak to us this morning, changes, deliverance, healing, God, will take place in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. So we continue with our subject on according to your faith. And this is part number five. According to your faith, this is part number five. We'll be talking about the issue of faith and it's important you grasp what I'm saying because this will bring transformation to your life. Faith is not just a matter of <laughs> you claim it in an image. That is not faith. That's porous kind of teaching. Amen? Uh, faith must be based on a solid foundation of God's word. It must be based on a solid foundation of God's word. Uh, I remember sharing with you last week and um, you hear the angel come talk to Mary how blessed she was and that's because she was going to bear the seed and then Mary said how can this be and the angel had to explain how that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and the thing that shall be formed in her shall be called the Son of God and Mary simply said be it unto me what according to your word is according to God's word. And you remember what we read in Matthew chapter 9? And I think verse, uh, verse 29. Can we look at that? Matthew chapter 9 verse 29 once again. Uh, I think from the message translation. Okay, you can take it from King James. If I take it from King James, fine here. Then touch he the eyes. Two blind men went to Jesus. Touch he the eyes saying according to your faith be it unto you. Well, now go to message translation. And let's look at that. Message translation. Verse 29 only. He touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. That for me is so vitally important. Become what you believe. So you can't be anything better than what you believe. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can't grow richer. <laughs> you can't grow taller <laughs> praise God now what do you believe what do you believe is the fertilizer that produces and gives you the life that you're looking for you become what you believe praise God somebody and that tells me that somehow along the line if you aren't doing too well it's also connected to your faith it's connected to your faith. It's connected to your belief. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Become what you believe. Okay. And like I said before, Hebrews 11 verse number 1, and that is also very important. Hebrews 11 verse number 1. Scripture said, Now faith is the substance of things hope, the evidence of things what? Not sin. I've tried to explain to you the word faith, I mean hope, is that which has to do with what? Expectation. 
Hallelujah. It has to do with expectation. And that is so critical. In other words, whatever thing you are expecting should be based on what God has spoken to you or what you have discovered from the word of God. And that's exactly what happened in the case of Daniel chapter 9. When Daniel read by the books and discovered that Israel were supposed to leave Babylon after 70 years and he went to God. He never called the whole nation to pray. He simply went to God and took the word of God back to him and said, this is what you said. You tell Jeremiah this, that 70 years is determined for your people to be in Babylon. Now it's already 70 years, you've got to let the people go. Hallelujah. So if you stand on God's word, if you stand on God's promises, if you stand on God's revelation, Praise God, somebody. Nothing is going to be able to shake you or take you out of course. You'll be able to come to the place of absolute fulfillment because God is faithful to his word. Is that okay? And somebody wants to ask me a question. If you read the book of Exodus, the Bible says Israel were in Egypt for 430 years. But you see, that was not the time that God promised Abraham in Genesis 25, right? He told him, you're going to be in Babylon, I mean in Egypt for 400 years. And so somebody was trying to question it. God said 400 years, but you see, these people were there for 430 years. So something went wrong somewhere. I said, no, nothing went wrong. You just didn't follow the picture. Listen, the children of Israel were already in Egypt 30 years when Joseph was alive. The persecution started when Joseph died. So if you add the 30 years, you get 430. That is just said. God never said that. And it was the 400 that was complete. He never came down to deliver the people. When he made the statement, I've had a cry on my people. It was only targeting the very moment, the 400 years that he promised them. God is faithful to his word. You just don't understand it. That's why you be thinking that way. Why could it be 430 years and God said 400 years? So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. There was in Egypt 30 years, but Joseph died and then persecution started. You understand that? Praise God. That's why you have your 430 years. So what I'm trying to make you understand is God is faithful to his word. If he gives you a word, he's going to bring it to pass. Amen, somebody. Alright, so the world hope. It's the world expectation, like I said before. Now, I'm going to illustrate again to you to, today with two very, very important messages which I feel in terms of faith. If you grasp what I'm about to say, you can have hope in the midst of terrible time. You can have conviction in the midst of terrible time. Hallelujah. Now, go with me. Some of you here, listen to me. You're going to live out the fullness of your days. Hallelujah. I'm just being honest with you. You will live out the fullness of your days. You definitely will live it out. <laughs> Nothing will happen to you. No matter what you're going to pass through, you will come out clean at the end of the day. <laughs> John 21 verse 17. John 21 verse 17. Here was Jesus speaking to, to Peter. He said unto him, The third time Simon, son of Jonas, Love thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Love thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things that thou knowest that I, but I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Do what? Feed my sheep. Verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, when thou was young, follow this. Thou guided herself 
and walk after that thou wounded. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch for the hands, and another shall guide thee, and carry thee where thou not. This spake he, signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Now that you are young, you just go whatever way you want to go. But the time is coming, you are going to be old. Somebody will lead you where you don't want to go. If you really take time to study all of that, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The time is coming when the Holy Spirit determines where you go. Now you're just thinking of doing whatever thing you want to do, but the time is coming when the Holy Spirit is going to be the one to lead you. For many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. When he told him this, then the Holy Spirit have not come. Are you still with me? But in the nature, I want you to see something there. He told him the kind of death he was going to die that will glorify God. That means not all death that glorifies God. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on. Did you understand what I'm saying here? Even if you must die, let it be a dead, I will glorify God. Not all death glorifies God. And I've only been facing this challenge. I don't know why. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm not, but you see, when I think of people like Jacob, Genesis 49, how old this man was, right? And he could lean on his staff and give prophecy to the twelve children that he had before he was able to go. He could go because he could give prophecies. He could speak to their future. He could tell them what their future was going to be. What kind of parents do we have today? What kind of life do we have today? That we die not knowing. We die not understanding. We die not even saying a word to our people. That shouldn't be. Hallelujah. Paul was to die and he said, I'm about to be offered. He knew. But here we are today and yet we are still believers. All of a sudden, oh, the man is gone. Oh, the man is gone. He slept, he's gone. Well, praise God. I have no problem with all of that. But I'm not sure that's the way, the best way to go. I'm not sure that's the way to go that glorifies God. That's a way to die that brings glory to God. Therefore, if you must die, let it be the one that will bring glory to God. Can I hear an amen to that? Praise God. So, God told him, listen, you're not going to die now. You're going to be old. And then you come to the place where you're going to be led by the Spirit, as it were. Then you're going to die. Okay, let me give you an example now. Acts chapter 12. Let's look at something. The impact and the import of this statement in the life of John. Act 12, verse number 1. Now after that, Herod, at the time Herod stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with his sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And when he has approached him, he put him, apprehended him rather, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made without season of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. 
And he kept up before the door, kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shone right in prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chain fell off his hand. May your chains fall off your hands. Now, did you get the story here? Why do you think Peter was sleeping? James had all been killed. Both of them were arrested. He is in chain between two soldiers. He has no means of escape. But why do you think he was sleeping? Because Jesus told him, When you are old, he realized that he's not old yet. Therefore, what God said must come to pass. So nothing will happen to him in prison. Praise God, somebody. Do you follow this? When you are old, <laughs> you, you're going to be led by somebody. I said, no, I've not even come to that place yet. So Herod can do nothing to me. He demand when to sleep. How many of you can go to sleep in prison when you know your neighbor, your friend, your brother had all been killed the previous day? You can't sleep. Definitely. The thought of, of, of being killed is something that you can't go to sleep. Why do you think Peter had to go to sleep? Because he had God told him you are going to be an old man. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you hear from God, this is faith based on what? The word of God. When you hear it from God anytime, in times of trouble, times of difficulties, you're going to stand with peace. This is when the peace of God that guides your heart. The peace that passes at all, all understanding will guide your heart. This is the situation. Can you see Peter sleeping here? Sleeping and there is nothing to worry him. There is not. In fact, if the angel had not come to tap him up, he would still have been sleeping. But yet, James had just been killed. It was about to be his turn to be killed. But because the Lord told him, you're going to be an old man, that was enough for him to go to sleep. Some tranquilizer you need, something to keep you down, something to make you sleep, is God's word. In times of trouble, the peace you need comes if you can hear God. Hallelujah. So if God tells you you're going to be an old man, stay with that. You're surely going to be an old man. No matter what is happening, you are going to be an old man. Amen, somebody? I want you to understand the importance of faith in God's word. Anytime, anywhere. If God tells you are going to be a millionaire, believe it, you're going to be a millionaire. Even if it's going to be three years, you're going to be a millionaire three years before you pass into glory, you're going to be who God said you're going to be. But then you have to believe it. Because you become what you want, you believe. So Peter believed what Jesus told him. Now let me show you something. Second Peter 1. Second Peter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Oh glory. Yeah, think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. I want to teach you some things. I want to show you some things while I'm still alive. Peter is talking now. Remember, this is after he has been set free from the prison of Herod. Is that okay? Look at the next, next verse. Knowing that shortly, praise God, I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus can have what? Showed me. Oh, glory. Take it from another translation. Did you get that? Very, very soon, I'm going to die. Very soon, I'm going to translate. For our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me that I must soon live this earthly life. 
The first time he showed him, we are not going to die early. Situation that will make him die early coming. He was at peace because he heard what God said. He rested, he slept off. But he's come to the place and the Lord showed him, it's about time for you to leave. And he called the people and said, can I share something with you while I'm still alive? Because the Lord already showed me how soon I'm going to go. When are we going to know when we're to leave this earth? This is faith. Praise God somebody. Are you getting what I'm saying here? This is what is called faith. If I may use the word real faith. You, you are not just, oh glory. So there was nothing to trouble Peter. There was nothing to disturb Peter. No matter what the situation is, no. Peter was strong, believing, trusting, because God told him something. And when he was about to leave, God also told him, may God begin to speak to you. I said, may God begin to speak to your life. Don't live just like that. You are a child of God. You have a relationship with God. You have connection with God by reason of the Spirit. You must come to the place of hearing God and knowing what God is doing in your life. You must come to that place. Hallelujah. Are you with me? I must begin to tell you. Same thing like we said in Genesis 49. Go with me Genesis 49. Let's see something here again. 49 verse number 1. Hallelujah. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourself together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Last days, not talking about last day that is coming, people preach about. The first time using the word last days right here in the book of Genesis 49. And that was not what people call, oh, it is the last day. Uh, something happened, it is the last day. Uh, there is war, it is the last day. Deception. Last day is based upon when one chapter finished, another one comes. He was telling them what's going to happen to you in the future, in their lifetime. I have nothing to do with your time, but he used the word last day. Are you there with me? And when, when, when Peter used the same word in Acts chapter 2, you remember that? In the last day, I shall pour my spirit upon all flesh. You remember that? When the Holy Spirit came, as prophesied by Joel. What was the last day? The last day was based upon the fact that a new season had just come. The Old Testament is coming to a close. That's why it became a last day. Right from the day of Pentecost down to this time, we have been on the last day. Last day is for the future. Last day is a segment of time and season in the work that God is doing upon the face of the earth. So when Peter used the word last day, we're talking about the last day of the Old Testament in terms of coming into what? The New Testament. That was the bridge. So you have always been on last day. 2,000 years ago, last day I've been on. Anyway, that's not what I'm sharing. But here is what he said. Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourself together, that I may tell you that we shall befall you the last day. Look at verse 2. Gather yourself together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Amen? Now, this is what I'm trying to make you see. He's about to die. He's about to pass on to glory. What happened? He called his children and began to talk to them. And began to tell them what each one of them will experience in their future life. This is how to be a patriot. This is how to be a child of God. This is how to be an elder. I need you to convert this. Glory to God. Peter was to go, he knew. Jacob was to go, he knew. What about Isaac? Go get me some venison so that I can eat and my soul may bless you because I'm about to go. They should know. 
Today we don't know nothing about when we want to pass on. But yeah, we claim to have the best of covenants. <laughs> Praise God, somebody. I remember when my dad was a person, they called me and I went there. And we're just talking and he said, David, don't you worry. Go back and do what you're doing. Go and preach. Don't worry about me. And I saw him. I said, he said, don't just worry about me. Just go. I know what is going on. I have to come back and have service. He knew he wanted to go. He didn't want to bother me. He shared one or two things with me. Personally. That is how to live. I decree this upon your life. That even if you have an accident, you are not going to die there. That is not a covenant that God made with his people. Their day shall not be short. Ah, glory to God. He said, an infant shall die at the age of a hundred. Oh, glory. Praise God, somebody. Somebody said, David, what are you talking about? Psalm 90 said, 70 years. Deception. That was not written by Moses. Oh, say, you've come again. Yes, I will always come. Because I take time to study. Let me ask you this question. If Moses said a man must live for 70 years, why did he live for 120? Hallelujah. You, you got the message, right? Why did he live for 120? Miriam was almost about 130. But he said a man should live for 30 years. No, that Moses was somebody else, not the Moses that wrote the book of Exodus. That was somebody else. There were other people that were bearing the name Moses, just like people were bearing the name Jesus. That was not the Moses, the lawgiver. He can't tell you 70 and he spent 120. No. That fact alone changed my thinking about that passage. So God is not saying you live 70 years. You are going to cross 100. You are going to... Oh, glory to God. Amen, somebody. How old was your grandmother? One, what? 100 and something years. She just came back. She just came back. Some of the things that kills you is your refined food. All your indomies, all your fried food, all your crazy oil, they are the thing killing you. You eat well, you live long. Praise God, somebody. Are you following what I'm saying here? And I mean it. Eat good food, not trash. Frying all the time. Huh? Go. Hamburgers. You hamburgers? You hamburgers. You hamburgers. You have to believe this way. You open your mouth, hamburgers. You eating your debt. You, you, you just saying it's about time for me to die. That's not God. Praise God. My sister in law prepared a very nice dish for me recently. Crazy. Man, ah. I eat the soup and, and this. what kind of food is this? What did you call it? They can't call what they, what they call that. Oh man, the food is so rich without oil. And I told her, man, this is all I need. This is all I need. But for rice, for yam, for aku, for anything, this is all I need. Eat good food, you live long. You get healing in your system. Are you still there? Grandmother, hundred and something years. So where was Moses when he said 70 years? Why did she die by 70 years? Hallelujah. Look at it here. He wanted to go. He called his children. How old was he? Go check it out. I'm trying to tell you what real faith is. Praise God. Am I still making sense to you? 
You can go with me to the book of Numbers. Let me show you another example of someone in the Bible that lived by faith. Oh, glory. Because he got the spirit. The Bible calls him another spirit, which I call the spirit of faith. Numbers 14, verse number 6. Praise God. Numbers 14, verse number 6. And Joshua, the son of Naomi, and Caleb, the son of Japhina, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. What did they rent their clothes? If you read from the top, twelve of them were sent, and then they came back. And then many times people were giving all the crazy stories how the people in the land were giants. They had no faith. They have no faith to go into the land. They have no faith to think that we can possess the land. They have no faith. Even though God had already told them. Why were they not having faith? And this is where you have to be very careful when you work with people. Miriam and Aaron, they've already rubbish Moses. Because he married, is there an Ethiopian? Yeah, married an Ethiopian. Are you the only one that God is talking to? Are you the only one that's hearing from God? You understand that? They said all of that before Moses. So the congregation have come to the place of saying, ah, Moses may not be very right. Even if he said we should go to the promised land. So why not we get some people to go and spy out the land whether what Moses is saying is true. Did you get it? This is a genesis why they have to go out the land. Because they lose faith in Moses. They lose courage in Moses. They were no longer having any faith and conviction in what Moses was saying. And when people come to talk to you about me, you have the same thing. Your faith can't work. I don't know if I get in this. When you, when you gossip your leadership to those that they are ministering to, you're making them lose faith in what God will say through them. God told Moses, tell them they are taking them to the promised land. They came to this place and said, oh, we can no longer believe this man married an Ethiopian and then even his own brother is selling him and his own sister and his senior sister is selling him. You are not the only one that is hearing from God. So why do we think what he said is the truth? Let's go find out. <laughs> now we took 12 men, spy out the land and by the time they came back, the other one said, man, we can't go. We don't believe Moses is deceiving us. Because what we fought in the land, we are giant. We were like what grasshoppers. Can you get that? No, they are no faith anymore. And I want you to see this: the implication of gossiping in congregation, the implication of, of running down your leadership. You forgot that God communicates through people, and so this is what happened to Moses. Hallelujah! Look at the next thing. No, let's go to. I won't be able to read all of this story. Go to verse 24. Numbers 14, verse 24. <laughs> but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit, everybody say another spirit, with him, and had followed me fully, he will I bring you to the land wherein he sweat, and his seed shall possess it. Oh, glory to God. He had another spirit and he followed me wholly. That is to say, he had conviction in what God said. He has absolute faith in what God promised the children of Israel that they are going to possess the land. He was living by faith. And God said, because you have faith, you're going to enter the land. You and your children. Did you get that? He had another spirit. And that's what I'm talking about. Your life should be based on another spirit. Quit the spirit of faith. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at verse 30. Numbers 14 verse 30. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which as well to make you dwell therein. Save who? Caleb the son of Japhinom and Joshua who? The son of Nam. Only these two people shall enter the land. Because you wouldn't believe me. You have no faith in what I said. Because of what Miriam and Aaron did, you lose faith in what I said. You went there and began to come back. Didn't God know that they were giants in the land before he said he wasn't giving to them? I don't know if you are getting this. Their testimony was an indictment on God. It's like proving to God that you are not seeing clearly. You are not even seeing the future. How can you tell us to go to a land where there are giants? You are not serious, God. It was an indictment to the, to the, to the wisdom, the knowledge of God as touching what he promised them. I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to give you Canaan. You're going to go to Canaan. You're going to possess Canaan. God knew that there were people in Canaan before he said, I'm sending you there. Now, but because of what happened in the congregation, they lose faith. So many of you lose faith in what God is doing because of what you hear people say. Because of what you listen to, what people talk to you about. And this is what happened here. So you find that only two people could stand and say, now we still believe God. Even everybody would not believe, we still believe God. Somebody need to come to that place and say, no, I believe what is going on here. I believe God sent this man. I believe in this house. Some of you need to come to that conviction. That faith will work for you. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. Look at verse 38. So God is saying, only two people will enter the land. Others were crushed on the way. They couldn't get in there. 38. But Joshua, the son of Noah, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were the men that went to save the land, live still. Oh, glory to God. Others have died. They were living. They live still. Of all the twelve that went to spy the land, the remaining ten people died of. Only two people survived it. Why? They got faith in what God said. Are you seated? Go with me to number 26. And look at verse 65. Numbers 20 is verse 65. All glory. Are you there? For the Lord has said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. Where are the wilderness now? There's 12 people. I mean the other 10 people, right? And there was not left a man of them, save Caleb and Joshua, son of Nahum and Joshua, the son of Nahum. Now, just move down to the book of Joshua. The other ones died in the wilderness. Only two people went into the promised land. Of among the people that were sent to spy out the land. You see what faith can do? Hallelujah. Faith keeps you alive. If kept, kept David alive, I mean, Peter alive, faith, I believe, kept Jacob alive, faith kept Isaac alive, faith is going to keep you alive. Hallelujah. You understand that? Joshua and Caleb, men of faith, they got another spirit. The Bible says, and only two of them lived. The others died in the wilderness. No, so let's go to Joshua now. 14 verse number 5. Hallelujah. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Now Joshua is dividing the land to the people now. Then the children of Judah came up. Unto Joshua and Gigah and Caleb the son of Jeshunam, 
the Kesarai said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me, and in thee, where? In Kalesbania. Listen to this. Remember what God said to Moses, not that God said to me. God said to Moses, to me. Or God said to me through who? Moses. You and I. God told us something in Kadesbania. Remember that? <laughs> so if I give you a word, you got to receive it as sent by God. I don't know if you are listening to me. So this is this is also a means of doing what hearing God. Remember what God told us through Moses at Kadebania. Caleb is now reminding Joshua. Remember only two of them were now alive. Are you remembering that? Yeah. The other ones gone who went to spy the land because they had no faith. Only two of them have faith. And God made some promises to the two of them alone. Verse number seven. Forty years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Benin to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, then went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy foot have traded shall be thy inheritance. Glory to God. And thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed who? The Lord my God. You're going to possess a land, Caleb, because you follow the Lord wholeheartedly. No doubt, no confusion in your mind, no second thoughts. Even when the man saw the giant and get confused, you were not confused. You see, come to that conclusion that if God said it, it's going to bring it to pass. If God promised the land, then it's going to give us the land. And because you come to that conclusion in your heart, you've wholly followed without doubting, I'm going to give the land to you and your children for a possession. Follow, following the Lord. Holy, following the Lord. Holy, no doubting, no schism in your spirit, no being scrutinic in your mind. You just know the conviction. This is what God said, and I'm going to stay on what God said. God can promise us the promised land, and yet He won't be able to take us there. I believe God will take us there. And God said, Now, because you have that conviction in your heart, you are going to possess the land, you and your children. You see what faith can do? So faith projects from your life to your children's life. Faith projects from what you are doing now to the next generation that is coming. Better out of your spirit. Are you still following what I'm talking about here? I need you understand what faith really does. It transmits from your life to your children. And I said this the other time. No matter what you see your children looking like now, they are going to be perfect, they are going to be glorious, they are going to be examples that you are going to walk with and see and be rejoicing in your heart. This my child that was lost, yet is found again. All by your faith. Never have any lost mind about any child and say, oh, this one is gone, this one is lost. No, no matter where they are, no matter what they are doing, they are going to come back home. Your faith will bring them back home. 
Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. Mm. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse number 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said. Oh, glory. The Lord has kept me alive as he said. When Jesus told Peter, he kept him alive. I don't know if I'm getting this. If God gives you a word, it's going to keep you. If he says you're going to live, you are going to live. He kept me alive, not by myself. He kept me alive, not by my strength. The Lord kept me alive. This 45 years, 45 years now. Ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses. Oh, I see like you to take note of this. While the children of Israel wandered the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this a false car and 45 years old. Are you getting that? God told Moses when I was what 40 years old now I'm what 85 years old another 45 years down the line before the promise is going to come to pass see God gives you a word never mind the time the time will come to come for you to fulfill it but don't think it's delaying no praise God somebody did you get this God said it when he was 40 years old now 85 Extra 45 years is now reminding Joshua. And he said, As yet I am strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. <laughs> as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war but to go out and to come in. Why? God is sustaining him. Glory to God. The promises are working his life. The promise will not allow him to become aged or weak. Or shrinking. No, the promise kept him alive because he must possess that land. Are you listening to me? Praise God, somebody. <laughs> See, don't get older than your age unnecessarily. You, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> take it up yourself. No, take it up yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know how old I am. Some of you don't know. And I don't need to tell you. Somebody saw me, who knew me? Somebody said, You are not aging at all. I said, No, the Lord is in my youth. Because there are things He has promised that I've not seen. I'm not going to see them when I'm already old now. <laughs> Praise the living God. I don't have to get old now to see those things. No, I have to live to be able to see the thing God has promised me. The Lord have to renew my youth. Praise God, somebody. I told you what Dr. Brian told us here. Share with me about my future. Anytime anything is happening, I go back to that revelation. It's like God spoke to Moses to tell me. Praise God. <laughs> he becomes my Moses. You remember that? Say, so when you are old and this is what I saw. I know I'm going to be old. I don't care what anybody thinks about that. No. It's my faith, my confession, because the Lord told me through him. I received it, and I live my faith in what he said. So no matter what is going on, even if the body seems to be, you know, 
Anything is going around this body that doesn't touch my spirit. I know whatever happens, I'm going to come out of it because there's a word hanging on my head. That's how to live by faith. Hallelujah. I'm now 85 years. Look at the next thing, verse number 12. Now, therefore, everybody say, Now, therefore, mm-hmm. give me what this mountain. Whereof the Lord spake in that day. You know, have you had people talk about praying and say, give me this mountain? Have you heard that? <laughs> Caleb didn't just say it. No, no, no. He heard it as God said it to me. So your mountain is the one God says to you. And you're going to stand by it and say, God, you said this to me. You're going to give me this mountain. I need it now. God said, I'm going to give you children. That becomes your mountain to possess. I know my children are coming. He said, but I see you old. My children are coming. Things are not working. My children are coming. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Why? Because God said he was going to give you those number of children. You should be able to have them. Hallelujah. Give me this mountain wherefore the Lord spake in that day. For thou hidest in that day how the Anakims were there. And the cities were great and fierce. If so be the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said. Glory to God. So now that tells you something. If God gives you a promise. And there are obstructions to the promise. That is not for you to make discouraged. Or get discouraged about it. You push on. Because that's what God promised you. And we are going to go through. He said I know there are giants in the land. But God promised me the land. So I'm going to go through it. If God kept me alive and I'm still strong, I can go in and out. That means I can still fight battles. I'm going there to possess what belongs to me. That means whatever is your right, whatever God has given to you, don't let any man take it from you. Can I hear any man to that? Hallelujah. And Joshua bless him. Hallelujah. And gave Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for what? An inheritance. Joshua bless him. This is the point. When you identify what your blessing is, I mean your mountain is, when you identify what the promises is, what happens? We pray for you, release you, bless you to possess what you are supposed to possess. Is that making sense to you? Once we know this is what God has in mind for you, what's the next thing we do? We bless you to go possess what you need to possess. The giant are there, but by reason of the blessing of Joshua and the word God has spoken, Caleb was going to drive them out. Are you following what I'm saying? They will not be able to stand against him. They will not be able to defeat him. They will not be able to repossess the land. Caleb had to go in there, possess Hebron, take it for himself and for his children. Why? He stepped on it by faith. God convinced him and said, well, you're going to have this through Moses. And now he's 85 years old. His strength is strong because if his strength were to be abated, he would not be able to go fight the people. God has to keep his strength. Are you seeing the mystery there? He has to keep his strength so that he can go and possess the land. And then the next thing, Joshua said, well, that you're saying the truth. This is what God said. Now you receive the blessing of the Lord. Go and do what? Possess the land. That's the mystery of life. You're going to get to where you are supposed to be. Exactly if you've got to know what God is saying about your life. You've got to know what God is prophesying about your life. You're going to go there and possess what belongs to you. Praise God somebody. Are you listening to me? Final scripture for today. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 directly connected to Caleb now. And that it connected 
to Peter. First Timothy 1 verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might was a world a good warfare with the prophecies. With the prophecies. Take it from message translation. Let me see. Do a good warfare. Hallelujah. In passing this work unto you, my son Timothy, the prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this. All these prayers are coming together now. So you will do, you will do this well, fearless in what? In your struggle. What's the struggle? Struggle based on those words that are spoken. The warfare has to do with how do you retain what God has said? How do you retain the promises of God over your life? How do you continuously harmonize them? Keep them up. You see, George will have to do a good warfare by continuously reminding himself, the Lord said, I'm going to possess the land. Peter had to do a good warfare with the prophecies to say that you are going to be an old man. So that even when he was in prison, he wasn't going to think about being in prison because Jesus said you are going to be an old man. That is how to do warfare. What's the warfare? Retaining the mind and the wealth that God has given to you. Ability to concentrate. Ability to keep them together. Ability to say, no, that's not what God said about my life. Ability to say, no, this is where God is leading me. And the prophecy that came upon my life didn't indicate it's going to be contrary. Because the prophecy came, I believe, in what God said. Through the pastor, through the prophet, through whoever God is using to speak to you. I believe that. So I'm going to stay with that. That's your warfare. So if you truly have come to that conclusion, you're not going to be discouraged or discouraged because there are issues around you. You're not going to be discouraged because somebody else is failing. You're not going to be discouraged because the land is not productive. I mean productive. You're not going to be failing. No, no, no. The Lord told us this is a year of fertility. You've got to believe that. You've got to stay with that. It doesn't mind what is going on. It doesn't matter what is happening. It has nothing to do with people. Remember, 12 people went to spy out the land. Only two got the right spirit. Hallelujah. Do you understand this? I need you to come to the place of living by faith. And I call this the real faith. Hallelujah. So Caleb got the real faith. Peter got the real faith. Oh, glory to God. Ah, you need to come to that place in your life of saying, No, man, I am a free man because I live by what God says. I am a successful man because I live by what God says. And somebody tells you, But how long is that going to be? I don't know. Caleb said, listen to me, God said that when I was 40, now I'm 85, extra 45 years, the promise of God is here hanging on my life, and now I'm going to possess the land, because God said it, even though I'm, 45, I'm 85 years now, a whole no different of 45 years down the line, makes no difference, what God said is going to be true, I believe what God said, I'm standing on what God said, and I went to Joshua, I said, Joshua don't you forget, if you do, I will not forget, in Kajasbanya, the Lord told us that I'm going to possess the land. Will you please let me go get my land right now? And Joshua had no option but to lay hands and say, you go possess the land. And so shall it be with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Every mountain God has given to you, you're going to possess it. Every mountain God has given to you, you're going to possess it. Every mountain God has given to you, you are going to possess it in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.